0: What's up singers, if you're struggling as a beginner, you're not alone. In today's episode, I had the chance to speak with Nicolette, who's an incredible belting specialist from the States. Together we tackle some of the most common problems for beginner singers with actions you can do right now. Surprisingly, one of the most common problems for beginners actually has nothing to do with your technique at all. So stay tuned, I hope you enjoy this episode. I guess we can really start from there, like we've really just touched upon it. So. I think one of the biggest kind of problems for beginner singers is, isn't is technique, isn't about how well you can sing on pitch, about breathiness or whatnot. It's about that kind of self-confidence and the belief that you can sing. Um, and I guess from your experience, do you think that's, does that also resonate with you?
1: Absolutely. So kind of like I said, um, mindset is half the battle or even more than half the battle in my opinion technique is just this one little component technique is kind of what gets us um is like kind of the um what's the word kind of like the vehicle um Mm. but the mindset is what really makes it like to me, singers who are just good at singing technically don't have as much impact as the people who have really done the work um, mentally and really, like, yeah. are confident in themselves. Like, I've seen many singers that are technically just very good, but they just lack so much. They don't really have that true, like, inner confidence, and they don't have that, um, yeah, they haven't done the mindset work, um, what I, is what I call it. They haven't done the internal work
0: yeah well and like where does this because obviously you believe that and i believe that very strongly anyone can kind of sing and for me it was like my own kind of journey of like i absolutely sucked at the beginning um then i got a bit better a bit better a bit better um what what happened with you so um why have you did you always believe that and i guess how did you come to disbelief right
1: so um i like a lot of people, like, I feel like as children, we don't have a lot of those, you know, limiting kind of beliefs. Like I said, we kind of just go into life and we just do what we do. And we, we don't care about what other people think generally. So like, I loved singing as a child. Like I would just belt it out anywhere I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. No, you know, there was no thought in my mind. Am I good or am I bad? I just did. I just did what I needed to do and I wanted to do. Um. And so, um, like I, I kind of told you, um, I wasn't necessarily an um, a, like any like gifted, like necessarily I was yeah. kind of like average, like I was good. I could sing on pitch, like I had a really good ear, but I didn't have like these natural abilities. I call them like some of like, like I was saying, the America's Got Talent um, kids
0: that go on and sing like You know Jennifer
1: Jennifer holiday and stuff like that.
0: So by the way, team, I've actually got some really, really exciting news. If you're looking to improve your voice and you're looking to fast track it, I've actually built a new course called the fundamentals of learning how to sing. And this is where I basically break down step-by-step how I've built over an octave of range. I'm able to hit some of the notes that I'd never thought I'd used to be able to hit, sing some of the songs that I've always wanted to and do it in a way that actually sounds good in them too. And so in this course I share very very timeless kind of fundamentals which means you know whether you're a beginner or whether you're someone who has got a bit of experience under the belt these are concepts you can use again and again and again to improve your voice then I also share a routine which allows you to execute on all of this and build your voice in less than 15 minutes Day. So you can sing the songs that you've always wanted to sing. And so if you're open to more details, check out the link and the description. And I also pop in a special code. So when you check out, you can get a special price just because you've been checking out the show. Um, I
1: kind of like, as I was growing up, especially going into middle school, which is always a hard time in life. Um, I started kind of getting boxed into beliefs. Like um, I started, you know, thinking things like, oh, am I a good singer or am I a bad singer? Um, I took choir. So. I was always singing with people so it was like mm. a compare there was a comparison game going on kind of like oh she like gets a lot of attention from the choir director um you know I don't or you know stuff like that am I not good am I not you know worthy or am I you know am I bad I started thinking things like that and that kind of just um started progressing and and I had a few um I had a few um I I still loved singing in high school but um the choir director that I had and some other people in my life were kind of saying oh you're like only this type of singer like you can only sing like this kind of lower part of your voice like you're an alto you're you're this you you don't sing high notes or you can't sing high notes like stuff like that so then I started yeah saying that I started saying yeah you're right I can't hit high notes because at the time I didn't have the technique or you know the tools necessary to do that because like I said I wasn't I didn't I had a okay voice, but I didn't know what to do with my voice at the time. And I didn't know that all I needed to do was work with someone who could teach me how to access that part of my voice. But I just Mm. thought, like I said, that I'm just born with the voice that I have, and I can't do anything about it. Um, Only people who are born, like a certain way of singing um, can go off and be those kind of big singers and famous you know pop stars and stuff like that i just thought that was reserved for a small percentage of people and i wasn't in that group if that makes sense
0: yeah absolutely and i think this is a crazy part because it kind of seems like a like if you go on social media a lot of people think like that it's like i do get a lot of questions on my social media hey um i don't think i can sing or like do you think i can sing and singing a talent or gift um but then it's very different because say for example if you can sit up bodybuilding, like going to the gym, everyone knows that if you go exercise, you can change the way your body is. Um, And why hasn't that been applied to, I guess, the voice, the voice is a bunch of habits and muscles that we can really kind of of like facilitate and improve. Um, So I'm a big believer and I'm with you. And I think uh, the more we kind of have teachers like you, um, the more we can kind of share that wisdom, like, Hey, hang on, like what you're kind of thinking now isn't necessarily true. You can improve that. Um, And I guess the kind of follow-up question is, so for someone who's in that kind of position where they think they can't sing, they're like, oh, hang on, like, singing must be a talent. Certain people only have that. What's something they can action today?
1: So what I was kind of saying was, um, like I said, I challenge beliefs. So kind of when somebody brings, like, a dilemma or any kind of vocal dilemma or just that a belief that they can't sing, I just kind of like yeah challenge the thought and ask um you know why why do you think that um Mm. it's you know that's kind of the first question that kind of gets gets it going and then generally people start opening up and I kind of just continue to ask more questions based off of what they say and then by the end this has happened so many times like um the people that I'm kind of conversing with will be like you know like hey thank you so much like that really helped me you know um, you know maybe I will try and um, you know pursue this and usually the next step after that like I guess for me an actionable thing that um, I kind of experienced once I realized that, that I could change my voice and that that um, this was a possibility for myself I um, you know looked for a coach like a vocal coach yeah yeah because for me oh well before I got a coach, I would start, I started looking up like YouTube videos and stuff like that and Googling. Um, this was back in like 2011, 2012. So I was just Googling things. Like I would just Google blogs. <laughs> I would yes. read blogs and just read as much as I could. Um, and watch, I watched a lot of um, Brett Manning videos, actually. Mm. Um, so on YouTube, back in like 2011, I remember watching his video of how to Uh, sing with vibrato and stuff like that um so that was like one of the first actions i took so i i would just tell singers you know like you know watch those videos go out and read those posts go follow uh, like vocal coaches on instagram but for me like what really kind of catapulted me is actually starting to work one-on-one privately with a vocal coach, an expert that could actually give me direct feedback about my voice. Mm. Even though some of the YouTube videos helped and and all of that, um, I wasn't getting any um, feedback. Um, the person on yes. the video couldn't hear me. So even if I was doing it right, um, I just didn't know. Like I was just kind of singing or like, what do they say? Um, like reaching in the dark, you know? I was just kind of yeah. like, this might this might work. This sounds like it's right, and you know he's doing it like that. But I don't, you know, I don't know. So for me, actually, kind of just deciding to invest in myself and my my dream. Um, I like to use the word yes. dreams. That was that was my dream. I you know my big dream. Um, I always told myself I wanted to be a singer, and I like I, Like I was kind of talking about earlier, I boxed myself into a place where I didn't think that was possible. And, and so investing in my dream in the first step towards that, um, was super important. Um, and I just, you know, scheduled like a trial lesson, like a sample lesson to like kind of see, like, I didn't, you know, I just kind of want, just checked it out. That was kind of my first, my first step. So that's my kind of tip, I guess, or my suggestion is to, find a vocal coach someone you think that would work well with you and can teach you the things that you want to learn
0: exactly and I really love that idea of just a trial lesson because it's goes back to the point what's the worst thing you can lose you might lose half an hour of your time might be an hour but if it works for you all of a sudden you do realize okay um things can change because I do a lot of trial lessons myself Mm -hmm. um and not because I'm like okay like I just want to pull in all these people. But rather, because there's a lot of people who, um, who put up the front, oh, it's too expensive, it's too expensive. But beneath all those layers is the belief that, okay, this would never help me. I can never sing better. Um, but then once you kind of go, okay, go through a trial lesson, they start to feel and sing differently. All of a sudden, it starts to really shift their mindset. So I think that's a really, really big point. Um, yeah. And I'm a big fan of baby steps. If you can just take once more action today, and have that apply to your voice, voila, Uh, all of a sudden we can do really cool things because it's that first step. Um, Amazing. Um, Well, so mindset is definitely a big, big one. But what about in terms of, say, actual like technique? So what have you noticed for your kind of students who are just starting off? um, What sort of technique problems are they facing? And I guess what advice can we give them?
1: Sure. So kind of the first thing I do in a trial lesson or just a first lesson in general is I, what I like to do is see how they balance out registration wise. Um, so what I do is I do a five note scale on ah, cause ah, as we know, is one of the harder vowels to sing a scale mm-hmm. on usually, cause it's an, a big open vowel. And sometimes when we're not trained, we don't know what to do with that. So what I, what I just kind of have my, um, you know, at my first lesson, I have them do a five-note scale on ah, and usually that's where I hear, are do they carry a lot of weight in their voice? Are they really breathy? Or do they have problems with breathiness? Do they, um, you know, have a hard time through the break, through the passaggio, the first one, mm. um, through that bridge? Um, and it kind of tells me just that little, very simple five-note ah tells me like a ton of information um just initially so usually what i hear a lot for females and i teach mostly females um because i don't know i that's typically kind of what happens i notice in the vocal lesson world is male voices tend to go towards male instructors but not really true yeah i i do notice that that generally happens but um with females it's um the issue with that break that's like the thing I noticed the most that's what I even get dms about like how you know I keep having this flip in my voice like or I can't you know it sound my my voice sounds so um or my voice sounds so broken and not like cohesive so um, Mm -hmm. that's usually something that I kind of that's a good for me a good foundation point to kind of start with is gaining confidence through that part of the voice especially for, right. Okay. True. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I I guess it's cool because uh, I do get a lot of male students myself and I think what you pointed out is so true and maybe I can tackle it from the male side as well. Um, for males, we're very extreme with our voices. We're either incredibly abrasive, like yelling, just shouting, or we're maybe, I don't know, very, very kind of light and quiet. And you never really find a person who just starts up in the middle, uh, which is very funny. Um, which is why I do like, I guess kind of my, um, the way we address it with my students is doing a lot of semi-collusion exercises. Um, Mm -hmm. because the moment you kind of close part of the vocal track off, it kind of pulls you out from a yell, but it also takes you out from singing too breathy. So it's kind of that regulator, um, which I find really, really cool. Um, do you have, I guess, um, does that happen with a lot of female students? Like they're either shouting or does it tend to be a bit more on the quieter side?
1: absolutely and it depends on i guess where their musical background came from so if they come from the choral or classical music world like if they've been in choir for many years they come and they want to sing these pop songs usually and they're singing mm. it in their they're singing it in their choir voice i call it um so they'll sing it really light and kind of breathy and there's no you know it it yeah it sounds very um choiry. At, or on the opposite end i have um people who just kind of like yell when they sing yeah um just really a lot of weight in the voice um that's kind of you know they listen to people like Demi Lovato or Pink or like people like that who have these big powerful voices and they try to replicate that but they're not trained so they just end up yelling um so I do have students that come in um not even just females I I teach a few males as well and it's it's kind of that. It's just loud. It's very loud, and it's um, <laughs> there's not. You know, we we have to learn how to balance that out. Like I said, so for me, whatever end you're coming from, that's what I notice is that it's just about finding balance. Um, and you know, maybe after we find balance, we can add a little more weight, or we can take some off. But um, for me, that's kind of what I notice. Those are the trends that I see in my student, you know, base.
0: Yeah, definitely. What What about pitch? Um. So I, for quite a few of my students, when they come in, sometimes they could be quite off pitch. Um, and it's not in a way because I don't really believe in. Um. I guess there is people who are tone deaf, but that's a very, very, very small minority of the population. Because if you can listen to music, you can technically differentiate between pitches, right? Um. But then there are there are some people who come in. You might play like. E oh okay it's really hard uh, even though it's like somewhat of a harmony but they'll be completely off the pitch so what do you you kind of do with those students
1: yes so that is actually i i and i know some voice teachers who won't actually even work with singers who are wow who, i've talked to teachers who will only work with singers who are like kind of at a certain you know foundational point and then you know then they'll work them beyond that, but I've I've had singers who come in and their parents or whoever they tell me themselves that they are they've been told they're tone deaf or they have really bad I just call it intonation issues. Um, so kind of um, yeah, I believe that it can be um, corrected because to me intonation um, is not so much about it, it. It is partially ear, but it's also um, some of those other technical things like vowel shape. I've noticed mm-hmm. that, um, I have one, a female student that, um, she came in and she was always just slightly flat, especially when yep. she was singing a descent, anything that was descending, it was just increasingly and increasingly more, um, flat. Um, so what I kind of did is I, uh, we worked with vowel shape and how to kind of hear mm-hmm. that. And when we hear. Oh, it's a little under pitch. You hear that, right? Um, and she'd be like, yes. And then so I'd be like, whenever you hear that, you what you're gonna do is just make the vowel slightly brighter or just a little mm. wider, just slightly. And then you'll hear that it kind of I call it locks into the, the sweet spot, right? The so that so <laughs> it's in, in tune. Um, so I'll do stuff like that. Um and you know, it is a lot of listening, so you know, a lot of times with a student, if, if there's an intonation issue, I'll slow things down a lot. And we'll just really mm-hmm. just listen. We'll w- instead of like singing through a phrase, we'll go really word by word, note by note, and really, you know, learn how to self correct and, and hear that because sometimes I think singers maybe aren't noticing it, um, because they're singing and they're sometimes they forget to listen to themselves. Um, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that is kind of what I do with singers who come in with intonation issues um and you're and you're right There is it's very um it's a very small percentage of people in the whole entire world that are actually toned up that actually have a dysfunction um and like an actual like to me it's kind of like um I don't know I think I actually researched it at one point because I did a presentation in college about it but um it's like one or two percent of the whole entire world is is tone deaf which is a very tiny amount um but it's so funny I get so many people that come up to me and are like oh yeah I'm tone deaf and I'm like you're probably not
0: <laughs> you're probably not yeah it's
1: like you just don't um, know how it you just don't yeah
0: so it's so but. true yeah um I guess if I was to add on to that um I guess yes the big kind of step number one is awareness so number one being aware that you can learn to sing on pitch. Um, Chances are it could be something with your vowels, your technique. Um, It could also just be your simple calibration, right? You might think, you might hear a note, but then all of a sudden you sing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's not that you can't sing on pitch. It's just like a compass. You haven't really calibrated it yet. Um, And I think one thing that I get a lot of my students to do, because I think if we spend too much time sometimes in the sessions doing it, they get frustrated. They're like, I'm not doing on pitch. I'm not singing on pitch. I'm not singing on pitch. One thing I've suggested is to literally get a piano app and then get a kind of like a, a tuner app. Mm -hmm. And so you play something on the piano, you know what note that is, and then you sing it to the tuner app. And then that kind of gives you that that third party feedback. Are you on pitch or not off pitch? And then it's a matter of just experimenting. Can you slide up, slide down until you get to that pitch. And then once you get to this point where I'm singing at A three, I know it's an A three. What does it feel like? Because if you then know what it feels like, then you can replicate it. Um,
1: Absolutely. So that's definitely a big one. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I think um, what you just mentioned about like what did it feel like that I call that well, it's called kinesthetic awareness, and I actually talk to my students a lot about that. We don't replicate. Sound. We replicate the process and how we got to make that sound. So that's kind of what I have my, a lot of my students, you know, when we finally, when we've been correcting something and they finally get it, I'm like, okay, before we move on, what did you think about? What did you feel? What did you do? Was there any sensations you felt? What can help you find that place again? Because, you know, as vocalists, our instrument, we can't see it. It's on, yeah. the, it's on the inside of us. So that kinesthetic awareness is so important just the awareness of what our body is doing through the senses um it, that is so important and i had a voice teacher that instilled that in me very early so um yeah so i think that's so important
0: that's absolutely true um i mean and you also sometimes get those moments where you're like what did you feel I didn't feel anything. Yeah, <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then it takes time. Then like, okay, do it again. And then they will understand it. Um, so that's absolutely true, especially the voice. Um, I think there are some amazing tools that are helping us see things better. Um, I personally use, I don't know if you've heard of Voiceprint, um, but it's a way to analyze the acoustics of the sound. Um, I'm a big fan of looking at the acoustics because um, acoustics can also determine how you actually sound like as well, right? So you can kind of work through them. Um, That's super cool. So I think apart from getting that kinesthetic, there's ways to get visual feedback now, Absolutely. which is a crazy power of technology. Um, but anyway, um, that does kind of wrap up for today, Nicolette. Um, okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Um, where can we find you? Like if people want to learn more about you, where can they find you on social media?
1: Yes. So my Instagram handle is Moss. So it's M A S, which is always... <laughs> Is always misspelled. So Moss Music Voice Studio. I recently rebranded, so I'm super happy about that. Um, so that's where you can find me on Instagram. And then also, if you want, you know, information from my website, um, I also have, like, a Google business page. You can just look up Moss Music Voice Studio um, on Google, and I'm always at the top of the search results. So usually, though, Instagram, I'm getting a lot um, – of leads and interests through Instagram. So Instagram is actually a great place because then you see all the videos and, and posts and you kinda I love Instagram. I think it's a great um, a great you know place to find people and, and find voice teachers.
0: I love Instagram. Yeah love it. me too <laughs> yeah awesome um well thank you so much for your time Nicolette um, I've definitely I'm definitely gonna bring you back on the show. Um, so yeah. hopefully next time we'll be talking about advanced like once once these kind of singers you're listening to these podcasts get to that next level we'll tackle them then um but thank you so much for your time hey team if you've enjoyed this episode or found value i'd really really appreciate it if you could leave a review or a comment to let me know your thoughts on this and maybe some topics you want to hear in the future and also share this episode with a friend or family that this good help because the more people that can hear these kind of content, this kind of message, the merrier, the bigger our community grows, the better. So apart from that, really, really appreciate you for doing this and I'll see you real soon. Take care.